0: Welcome to Cinemazing Chats. This is our third episode about the film The Cobbler, starring Adam Sandler. And uh, I'm Erica. I'm here with Pablo. Hi. So we're discussing The Cobbler, a 2014 film starring Adam Sandler and also Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman. like our last
1: film. We sort of picked this film because um, it was really critically reviled and it was a box office bomb but also because we wanted to do a adam sandler movie this is the only adam sandler movie that we both decided we couldn't talk about at length without wanting to gouge our eyes out (laughs) yeah but let's make sure that our next film that we cover has nothing to do with shoes no magical shoes no american magical realism since that seems to keep falling flat on its face and then we both said um that adam sandler has only like two real modes of acting style He'll either do his, like, whole infantile man-child yelling and screaming and being really immature thing that he does for most of his comedy movies, or he'll do, like, his really serious, I'm so depressed, my life is fucked uh, style. Yeah, this is another example of a magic realism film that's also related to shoes that also features Dustin Hoffman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as a man who wears and loves shoes,
1: and also continuing the trend of um, really well-renowned directors who sort of make a critical misstep. Um, this one was directed by Tom McCarthy, and he's really well known for independent films like *The Station Agent* and *The Visitor*. He's also ri- written things like *Up*, uh, and most recently, he's been—he's well known for directing and writing *Spotlight*. Uh, which of course won the Oscar for both writing and for best film.
0: But that was uh, 2015 Oscars, is that right?
1: That was last year, exactly. Yeah,
0: so this was prior to his recent success.
1: The way that the film was set up, that he was trying to relate to his own family in a way. He was brought up in New Jersey, um, but actually he was raised Catholic uh, of Irish descent. Hmm. Whereas in this film we're we're introduced to um, a group of Jewish men uh, who are Orthodox Jewish, they're speaking Yiddish. Um, you have the whole concept of ghettoization. They talk about how they've been, like, sort of forced to live there.
0: Yeah, like you said, this is the Lower East Side, New York City in 1903 is subtitle. Yeah. Problems with, like, basically landlords who kind of force uh, tenants out of buildings so that they can demolish everything and build something more expensive and bring in, like,
1: more wealthy uh residence. So in this scene with the Yiddish men, uh one of them talks about how he's how he was given a gift of this magic cobbling machine from an angel. He specifically says,
0: "Oh, but that's only to his son." That's later then.
1: Yeah, and he also sets up the idea, he tells them all that to truly know a man, you must walk a mile in their shoes. Or spend an hour in their shoes. Oh, they're setting up uh, the rules for this universe. Maybe, maybe each shoe only works for an hour, or maybe it only works for like up to a mile. And if you walk more than a mile, then it, <laughs> then it kicks you out.
0: Oh, to take it literally, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but instead, it turns out there are no rules, and Adam Sandler's just free to like hop in and out of whoever for as long as they want. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
0: And also, it coincidentally tied into Dustin Hoffman and shoes.
1: Uh. (laughs) Yeah, he's just really dour And like he hates his life And he's sort of, much like Howard the Duck in our first podcast He doesn't know what the purpose Of of his life is
0: Oh yeah, he's disillusioned Kind of a a midlife crisis feeling here, Where he's been a cobbler his whole life And now he questions it Landlord or whoever the bad guy is in 1903 uh, Basically implied that someone In charge of the mob Is kicking out members of this community this jewish community and so these leaders i guess the elders or whatever are having a meeting to discuss how to save the tenants so they're protecting the tenants of new york city so they leave it all on the cobbler because they're like oh you can cobble the mafia guy's shoes
1: oh right yeah i meant to say so like in both the past and the present day timelines you have the setup of like for some reason the cobblers are forced to work alongside the mob, or like somehow get embroiled yeah, in yeah. like the mafia, and their whole ties to the New York like history.
0: Yeah, there's a there's like a unique tie between this cobbler lineage and the mafia. <laughs>
1: Right, but then you have like the great-grandfather of Adam Sandler sort of explain to his son, oh, we have to do this, but we're the cobblers, so we're sort of a special class. Like this, We got this machine from the angels. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it lets you truly walk a, man, a mile in a man's shoes.
0: Right. And so that's when you hear the crux of what you think is the crux of the film, to truly know a man, you must walk a mile in his shoes.
1: Meanwhile, we jump to present day, where we're introduced to Adam Sandler, who's still working as a cobbler, like continuing the family uh, lineage, but he's maybe not very happy with it.
0: So a disillusion to Adam Sandler today, uh, and, and we know he's a cobbler, so we assume he's related somehow to the cobbler of the past.
1: Yeah. And he works alongside of a barbershop run by Steve Buscemi. Yep, Steve Buscemi really, like, is there's some really bizarre graffiti on the store. It's like <laughs> Flintstones as centipedes. Yeah. It was like so odd that I had to note it. So like, what that?
0: Um, oh, I also noted that the soundtrack was it like an A+. Plus?
1: Yeah, it was actually very whimsical. It was like not grading. It was like pretty classily done. And actually on a technical level, um, nothing about this film is very bad. Like the cinematography is pretty classy. Like there's lots of interesting shots uh, the lighting's good, uh the the cast is like really good again, like Mr. Mergorium, it's got another like really good cast, Dustin Hoffman, Adam Sandler, Steve, Steve Buscemi, Shemmy. Method Man. Oh really yeah, Method Man. Oh, and I was actually uh thinking to myself earlier, like, they had Method Man. Why didn't he write the theme song to the cobbler? Like he could've done a whole like rap about we're gonna cobble, 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 gonna cobble up some souls, all this I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Just freestyle a rap about some fucking shoes. Souls. Where the fuck was Red Man? But yeah, the film is definitely about like the history of New York and like uh, the importance of the city as a historical as his historical function. Um uh, because we we're introduced to another character who's I guess Adam Sandler's love interest, who is going around trying to get people to help her petition to save the Solomon building that's going to become really important to the plot later on
0: right and i just had the thought like you said the tagline was about the cobbler protecting the city of new york
1: yeah and so
0: it's kind of like howard the duck where he's not he doesn't yet realize he's a superhero so he's sad but then eventually adam sandler will realize his uh purpose which is to save the tenants of new york city
1: yeah narratively this works really similar to like a superhero origin film uh i actually even thought it was pretty similar in plot to the mask uh where whereas in that film jim carrey gets this mask that gives him this power to like do whatever he wants live out his wildest fantasies and that's what he does at first and then he realizes that he has to use it to like help people and 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 he fights the mafia
0: Oh, oh, yeah, it is like that. I can't just do whatever I want. Darn.
1: He can't just whisk off Carmen Diaz and all those things. <laughs> he has to like actually help protect people.
0: Yeah. So the same problem, t- the the same problem is happening today with housing. Uh, that, the mafia is like buying or buying people out or forcing people out with coercion, and then jacking up the rent on that
1: land. And- yeah, it's very similar to like gentrification, like the real world issue of how we're just like kicking all these people out and like sort of ruining the history of these uh, cities.
0: Yeah, so the person who brings him the petition to get involved in this cause to save the Solomon House, you're kind of wondering, oh gosh, are they setting up Adam Sandler to hook up with this really young, cute lady?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's definitely supposed to be the love interest, although as we'll discuss that later on in the podcast...
0: His real love interest is his mom.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one thing I should note is that um, coming into this film, for some reason I had convinced myself that there's going to be a big twist. Uh, I don't know where. I, I swear I read a review somewhere that they said that it turned out that Adam Sandler would turn out to be a ghost at the end. <laughs> so I was really like looking forward to that the entire film, being like, oh, how's that going to work out? He keeps interacting with people. I don't know if that's going to work. And then by the end we were like, oh wait, he's not a ghost.
0: Yeah, he is not a ghost. Oh yeah. Um, yeah so we learn w- that he's sad, he's a cobbler um i don't think he wants to get involved in the petition he's just like sad and then he we uh, are introduced to his mom who he has to take care of and he his dad is not present
1: yeah and it's heavily implied that his mom is having sort of uh Older person problems. She's maybe not retaining her memory as well, or maybe not that cognizant of where she is.
0: Oh yeah, she keeps he, uh, asking him for more pears, and he's like, "Ma, I already brought you pears."
1: Yeah, and the dad is absent, and we learn that. Um, so he'll he'll end up being played by Dustin Hoffman, and that he left the family like decades earlier to to go get some pears, is what he told them. So that's where that comes from.
0: Okay. Yes. <laughs> um. And so yeah, in the store we see one of his customers is Method Man.
1: Yes, his first customer is Method Man. And
0: he's kind of comes like in
1: very a thuggishly.
0: She's like playing with the Shoe Man, as he calls uh, Adam Sandler.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like immediately very disrespectful, very like dismissive <laughs> of Adam Sandler as a person, to the point where Adam Sandler almost doesn't want to like work on his shoe, but then like relents. Oh.
0: Method Man, I realized, is kind of like the kid. In Mr. Magorium, he's obs- Method Man's obsessed with watches instead of hats. So he's kind of compl- oh, he's yes. a compliment to the Shoe Man.
1: Yeah, once again, we have a character who's sort of obsessed with like a material thing. And he also does have an extensive collection of guns, like in a bag.
0: Oh, yeah, guns and watches.
1: Oh, we're immediately sort of on edge being like, oh God, we have this African-American character, this white character is gonna like become him. Is this immediately gonna become like horribly racist or like just really gonna have bring up some problematic issues? We were like, you better tread carefully, the cobbler. Adam Sandler finds this old machine that's been hidden away, uh, presumably by one of his ancestors. And he uses that machine to cobble together Method Man's shoes, and then, since they're such nice shoes, he wants to try them on. Like, literally, he wants to try on the sole of the shoe. Yes. To make sure it's fixed. And uh, he immediately turns into Method Man, that's sort of the premise of the movie, is that there's a machine that can let anyone become anyone else.
0: Yes, it's a stitcher machine.
1: Yeah, the stitcher machine.
0: He's stitching some soles.
1: Yeah, he's stitching together soles out of disparate pieces. Um, But they also do demonstrate that it's a complete physical transformation. For example, Method Man has this like grill in his front teeth. And then when Adam Sandler becomes him, he also has the grill and also has his tattoos.
0: Yeah, he has the stuff that's on their body, but he's wearing his own clothes because we recognize him by his like coat. And then he has like this striped scarf
1: yeah exactly uh there's like a visual motif that repeats that's like anytime adam Sandler changes he still retains the same outfit although that might just be for the audience's benefit that might not necessarily be like what he actually looks like just so right. the audience won't get confused because at various points um adam Sandler becomes a character who then bumps into the same character yeah like-
0: method man fights method man in this film
1: Adam Sandler realizes the potential of this machine, so he immediately starts like experimenting with all the other shoes he has.
0: Yeah, he cobbles it on the Angel Stitcher machine.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Angel Stitcher machine. Um, he cobbles together the shoes of a dead of a man who has died, and he becomes like a zombie version of that guy uh, and like freaks out. <laughs> and then uh, it gets a little transphobic because he like puts on ladies' pumps.
0: Basically, like at first he yeah he puts on women's shoes. And then he wants to look inside his pants and Adam Sandler wants to look inside the woman's pants. And then he's like, "Okay, okay." And then Adam Sandler is like, no, no, I can't do this. But then later on, when Adam Sandler uses those shoes again, Method Man gets scared.
1: Okay, um, so in Function, it's sort of similar to like being John Malkovich, uh, whereas in that one, like uh, people could go through a tunnel and become like specific people like John Malkovich. Um, and then eventually the main character, like, is renting out the space to other people to become John Malkovich, and this one, um, Adam Sandler sort of just, like, hoards the power to himself. He doesn't, like, try to make money off it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're introduced to a character, Danny Donald, who will only become uh, relevant, like, really later in the movie, who's, like, this, uh, intrepid reporter who's, like, trying to do good investigative journalism.
0: Yeah, basically he's part of the no, he's part of the montage of yeah, all the customers that he gets and then he cobbles their shoes on the special machine and then becomes them and runs around town as them. So yeah, Donnie, what is it? Donnie or Danny Donald?
1: Or mm-hmm. Danny Donald, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's like uh, Adam Sandler's like, "Oh, you're the guy on the news with two first names." Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we also noted in that scene that um Adam Sandler is still using like this really old cash register. So it's not necessarily like he's um, just abandoned all the old tools. Um, so it's more like the machine maybe disappeared until it was needed. Like maybe that's part of the magic.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like in the basement and then he found it. Part of the magic realism. Oh, and I had written that he steals a man's shoes in order to cobble them and then drive his car.
1: Yeah, there's a whole montage of, like, how Adam Sandler starts using the shoes for disreputable means.
0: Right, because he's so depressed, he just lives out these other people's lives. So he's not really walking a mile in their shoes, he's just being a jerk and using his powers for evil.
1: <laughs> yeah, he initially has this impulse to just, like, I'm gonna fuck around with people, I'm gonna become Method Man, like an African American, and hold up this white man, which I thought was really kind of rude uh, of the move of the film.
0: Yeah, he was like, give me your shoes.
1: Uh, He becomes an Asian man and like does some Tai Chi because apparently you had to be Asian to do Tai Chi. I thought that was interesting because the idea behind Tai Chi is to create sort of a spiritual connection between your body and yourself, like to become really in tune with your body. And obviously Adam Sandler's experimenting with having different bodies.
0: Right. There. So there is that theme. Oh, I wrote that he stare. uh, Yeah. So he stares at the petition woman at her place of employment in a different body And he just there's a really awkward scene where he's just staring at her through the window and she's kind of like, hey,
1: and then he just runs off. (laughs) Yeah, it's also sort of like that horrible Kevin Bacon uh, Invisible Man movie where it's like if you if nobody knows who you are, then you can get away with anything like you could do anything, which I sort of thought like wouldn't part of the back end of the plot be like maybe somebody else gets a hold of the machine or maybe someone else gets all his like collection of shoes that he starts carrying around maybe they start like sneaking around and like he doesn't know who they are it
0: falls into evil hands
1: this plot had a lot of potential like it could have gone in a lot of different directions uh maybe been a little more straightforward like it instead it's played out sort of like a little mini vignettes, and there's like a whole 40 minute chunk of plot in the middle there that like seems completely unconnected to like the beginning and the end of the movie
0: yeah sometimes when he plays different people he kind of just go it becomes that kind of film yeah so yeah it becomes like a mafia film for a second
1: yeah he he's starting to use the uh machine to just like live out the life he's never allowed himself to live like he'll steal a rich a rich um, man's car and like just drive around in new york it's like have mm-hmm. fun instead of just like working day and day out at the cobble store yeah like wouldn't it have made sense if method man had like stolen the shoes and like he could have like, just been sneaking around like as other people which would have been like sort of like it follows where you don't know who is, like, the whole paranoid-inducing thing. Like, anyone could be an enemy. Which, for a minute there, does become like a spy film when he's, like, using his crafty wiles to, like, trick people and sneak around and be other people. i going to enjoy some Coca-Cola for our product placement moment. <laughs> just kidding. Um. I did note that there were a few instances of, like, really obvious product placement. Like, he drinks a Bud Light, uh, just, like, a Yoo-Hoo really prominently. I keep seeing, like, Coca-Cola cans everywhere. Probably the car he steals is, like, a really fancy model. And then I also had the thought that, like, of course, in this New York film, like, they probably just, like, um, there's not that many, like, big Hollywood studio films that are made each year. So for every one, I'm sure they, like, go to the whole usual suspects of New York actors. Like, they get Steve Buscemi because he's, like, a New York guy. Uh, They probably asked Robert De Niro, and he probably turned it down.
0: One of the people's shoes he gets is his, is this neighbor's uh, boyfriend's shoes, so he becomes the boyfriend, and you think he's gonna, like, try to sleep with the lady next door? Well, no, actually, the
1: boyfriend. actually, for a second there, I think we both had the thought that maybe he would try to become the girlfriend, like he would maybe try to be mm. a sexy lady. But then uh, he, like, steals the boyfriend's uh, body or soul, essentially, and, like, goes out to a bar. And all the ladies are like, ooh, this guy so handsome.
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, ladies hit on him. Yeah, so he, uh, the ma wants, ma wants dinner with pa. Mm. (laughs) So he dresses as Dustin Hoffman to have dinner with his
1: mom. But uh, that is like the first suggestion that Adam Sandler might try to use his powers um, to do nice things for people, to try to actually help out people.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so the angel had given his family the Stitcher machine because his ancestor was so nice to the angel and took the angel in when no one else would.
1: Oh, right. So it's
0: implied you should do good things with the Stitcher machine, but Adam Sandler spends uh, the beginning chunk of the movie just kind of being a jerk.
1: Yeah, you're right. Using whole, it for evil. <laughs> the whole setup of this film is very much like a classic fairy tale, like um, an angel comes to you in the form of like a vagrant. And if you do a nice thing for the angel, then they'll help you out. But if you're shitty to the angel, then they'll probably like try to curse you or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Adam Sandler's family got blessed.
1: Yeah. And then the <laughs> ending of the film like also ties back into the fairy tale. But we'll, we'll touch on that later on. Adam Sandler <laughs> takes the shoes of the, like, early attractive couple and becomes the, like, uh, sexy boyfriend or whatever, and he goes to the bar. So,
0: yeah, so he's cobbling the boyfriend shoes and learns that the boyfriend has actually uh, been cheating on the girlfriend with men because someone tells him that in public?
1: Yeah, we find out that um, the boyfriend might be a closeted gay man who's, like, been sneaking around behind his girlfriend's back having sex with men, like, having boys' nights out, as they call it later in the movie. Right. <laughs> Adam Sandler is at the bar, and another woman says to the guy that uh, that she thinks that Adam Sandler is that she thought she saw him go out with somebody else, like, a while ago, like, a man. Mm-hmm. So that's when Adam Sandler gets the idea, oh, if the, if the guy's out, then I can sneak into the apartment <sighs> to, like, creep on this, like, un- yeah. this like, girlfriend, just creep on her
0: he's really using the power for some evil uh, evil yeah he's, and there yeah this film brings up major consent issues because um from until now i think he's resisted looking at anyone's genitals or like doing anything appropriate with these bodies yeah but now he's really tempted in the scene
1: <laughs> yeah he's like well i could just fuck her and she never does a difference like apparently she doesn't know what her <laughs> boyfriend's like <laughs> because i'll just like pretend to be right him. So he's like, yeah. <laughs> so in the scene he's like, uh, he comes into the apartment and the girlfriend's like all naked in the shower and they have this like really like chase like PG-13 nudity with like this just perfect tassels like covering her up and uh, she's like, come join me in the shower, I'm all good to go or whatever and Adam Sandler like starts to take off his clothes or or whoever he he's trying to be. He just takes
0: off his pants. He just drops. Yeah, he starts his prowl. to take off his
1: pants, and he's like, "Oh shit! How the fuck I can't am get I gonna these take these off my, my shoes? ankles? Yeah, yeah I, can't, <laughs> I can't get my shoes off with these pants." So we both decided like we're, we're waiting to give uh, I, I him the benefit take of the doubt. Shoes off yeah we we're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt like maybe he's like realized what he's about to do is like really horribly morally terrible. but then we both decided no, it's just because of the shoes. he didn't want to take off the shoes and the giveaways. yeah
0: plot. had it not been the shoes had it not been in the shower, he would have gone through the so yeah pretty pretty creepy of a guy.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. but I guess that is sort of like um, he probably does realize the moral a little bit because then like he doesn't try to do that again. Yeah, that's true. He does keep learning. <laughs> oh, and one big thing that we forgot to mention is that he always asks the people whose shoes he gets uh, what size shoe they wear, because of course the only shoe size he can wear is ten and a half.
0: Yeah, so he's basically limited. He's wearing everyone. He's trying everyone's uh, shoes on who were ten and a halves.
1: Yeah, that didn't really make much sense to me though, because if the shoe is, if the shoes are able to transform you physically. Then why would it matter what size shoe you wore, like, unless it was too small for you? Right, if you just put it on,
0: your foot would grow or shrink.
1: Yeah, so that was kind of a little contrived, but I guess the idea was, like, he has to keep the essence of himself, which in this case is the size of his feet. Apparently. So after that whole scene, uh, we have the lady with the petition return, and he takes it upon himself that he's going to help her with the petition,
0: Right after staring at her at her place of employment, he decides I'll help you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I sort of had the thought like he could just be he could just become several different people and just like start signing her petition as like a billion different people if he wanted to. That is
0: way better. You're right.
1: Yeah, but it is almost like that Invisible Man like uh, mask impulse again. That if you if you have this really great power, like you could essentially do whatever you wanted and you would never get caught. Like you can murder somebody as someone else and just like run off into the night, which strangely does come up later.
0: Oh, wait, that is what I was going to say, too. I was like, it's the power of Anonymous online.
1: Yeah, he's completely anonymous, like, in a different type of movie. Like, if he made it more serious, and it could be, like, a spy thriller or something when he decides, like, oh, I'm just going to spy on everyone, or I'm just going to be, like, the ultimate action hero. I'm going to, like, become people who have, like, um, really good karate powers and just, like, start kicking people's asses or something. So he gets, like, sort of the... uh like, a little bit of a warning, essentially, where he's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't use my powers to, like, creep on women. So instead, he decides, I'm gonna, like, return to my mom's house as my dad. There's a whole, like, Oedip- Oedipal-like uh, complex oh, yeah. reference. So Adam Sandler goes to his mom, and his mom's, like, really missing his dad, and we find out that the dad isn't dead. He just, like, abandoned the son. Um, so I think, I can't remember if it happens then or later, but uh, he, like, tries a pair of his father's shoes turns into dustin hoffman his dad and we realize oh he's not really dead or else he'd be like a zombie
0: i'm gonna help out my mom and let her have dinner with my dad yeah i'm
1: gonna actually run through the whole Edible complex in real life yeah exactly so he goes to her as dustin hoffman uh he knocks on the door she opens it and he's like i brought the pears i'm dustin <laughs> hoffman I'm again down. i'm mr magoria <laughs> Yeah
0: i wrote down all the uh oedipal things that happened in this dinner oh yeah Uh, dustin hoffman adam sandler as dustin hoffman kisses her hand Mm. uh touches or she touches his face they hug Mm. she wipes food from his face they dance she ends up in her pjs in bed and he puts her to bed and we're like, how did she get in her PJs in bed
1: unless he helped her? Yeah, it gets really out questionable. Of her clothes. Exactly. <laughs> Cause you're like, okay, they've been married like an old married couple, of course they've done and seen everything. Like <laughs>
0: So Adam Sandler's
1: true love is his mom in this film. We also decided that much like in the last scene, he's completely prepared to fuck his mom, except for the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe in the X ray director's cut they'd have that scene.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and as Dustin Hoffman, he tells himself in the mirror, goodbye, son.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty touching moment, I thought. Um, It sort of reminded me of, like, in Harry Potter, like, there's that magical mirror that lets him see his dead parents. It's, like, very similar to that. Like, Dumbledore has to come in and be like, oh, a man could live his entire life doing this come on adam sandler you idiot <laughs> <laughs> yes so he's like okay i did something good nope smash cut to the next morning he finds out that he killed his own mom because she uh she I don't passed know, away
0: to... in her sleep she got too excited or something
1: yeah she like died of excitement or old age or something so steve Buscemi tries to console him at the the, at the the funeral yeah they have a funeral and steve Buscemi's like and... you were a good son to her max and i'm like except for that last thing <laughs>
0: Yeah, Adam, uh, Max slash Adam Sandler says, what have I ever done for anybody? (laughs) He's just really down on himself. He's really
1: mad that he's, uh, that this happened and that his dad wasn't there. He thinks his dad just abandoned him. Yeah, Steve Buscemi is essentially his only friend and his mom is his only other companion. And keeps defending his
0: dad, too. So you call, and Steve Buscemi is the only one who keeps defending his dad
1: yeah i called it really early on i was like wait a minute if we have this machine that makes magical shoes that lets you become anyone then isn't it likely isn't it possible nay probable that (laughs) he could be his dad and just like secretly be like hiding next to him which of course we find out later is exactly the case
0: pablo called it way early on because steve buscemi was the biggest advocate for dustin hoffman
1: another twist Um, win for me Yes. And then I kept having to be like, oh, but how's he going to turn out to be a ghost? <laughs> but of course he wasn't a ghost at all. <laughs> yes. So he's sitting Shiva um, and then uh, the plot reintroduces Method Man's character, Leon. Who, right, so we're
0: now going to get this mafia uh, plot for Yeah, a while. kicks it
1: into the mafia plot for like a good because... chunk of the middle.
0: All because Method Man doesn't have the ticket to get his shoes.
1: Yeah, once again, Method Man is, like, extremely rude to Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's, like, uh, all sad, and he's like, Why are you sad, Shoe Man? <laughs> and Adam Sandler, or Max, is like, oh, my mom died. I'm sitting in Shiva. And he's like, Oh, where's my shoes? <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that, Max, or Shoe Man, where's my shoes?
0: And then, yeah, Max is like, you have to have your ticket, and then Method Man basically threatens his life.
1: Yeah. It like escalates really quickly. Yeah, it escalates really quickly. So you realize this guy must be into some like dark business. Um, Adam Sandler sort of gets the idea. Oh, I'll pretend to be Leon uh, slash Method Man's character um he sort of like walks a mile in his shoes he
0: spies on method man and then yeah. becomes method man and that's when we learn that method man can act like both adam sandler and this character that's a mafia person
1: oh yeah we, so we agreed that he's actually pretty good <laughs> yeah method man acquits himself really nicely in this film he like has a really good range like he's a lot better in this movie than adam sandler is even though he didn't get top billing by any stretch Right. He like plays the full gamut, and then uh, his character sort of like the inverse of Adam Sandler.
0: Yeah, so he plays the both extremes.
1: Because unlike Adam Sandler, who's like trying to who, who's uh, learning how to empathize with everyone by like walking a mile in their shoes uh method man doesn't try or like want to understand anyone he's just kind of a jerk to everyone he has like this huge ego we find out he's been like abusing his girlfriend because eventually um adam sandler goes to his apartment
0: yeah adam sandler has been spying on him so his reconnaissance indicates that method man is just a jerk to everyone
1: (laughs) oh and also like the power in mr Megoriums. uh this one could be seen as really dark i mean it's almost like adam sandler's like a demon that can like take the form of anybody that he wants to. But yeah, uh, much like his great-grandfather was a cobbler for the Mafia, now um, Adam Sandler's cobbling for this like really specific modern-day gangster.
0: And so there is a scene where Method Man fights Method Man, but it's supposed to be Adam Sandler versus... He runs into the real Method Man as he's playing him. Um, and so he's holding Method Man hostage.
1: Yeah, he ties up Method Man, discovers that he has all these guns and like various other like implements. Oh, he, he gets this taser. That he like sort of secrets away, and that and then when and Method Man confronts him, he like uh, brings out the taser, and like that's how he gets the upper hand. He's like, oh yeah, he uses a taser
0: instead of a gun. <laughs> and
1: then of course, wouldn't you know it? Um, as soon as he's tied him up, uh, Method Man's mafia friends burst in, and they're like, "You got to come with us, boss!" And he's like, "Ah, shit."
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's a little side adventure, like we mentioned, a detour where he he basically gets called boss by these two sidekicks. And then has a whole adventure.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of the benefit of this film, but also the danger because, uh, like, it literally could be any type of film from then on. Like, it just keeps swapping genres, and in this case, it does. It gets like a lot more serious and like kind of violent. Like, there's a scene um, they bring in the boss, uh, Method Man's Leon and mm-hmm. some of his thugs are like brutally beating this man and it's like way more overdone than you think it'd be he has like blood splattered all over his shirt and-
0: yeah it's a serious movie now
1: yeah it's only like whoa what the hell
0: <laughs> right and yeah so basically as uh, method man he's like oh yeah you can stop beating that guy up and let him go because he feels bad <laughs>
1: Yeah, he, he, they're like, we should just off this guy. And Adam Sandler has to go to the bathroom and like take off the shoes and be like, oh, "What have I gotten myself into? What am I gonna do?" I'm Adam Sandler. I'm just a schlub.
0: Until now, he's avoided actually directly killing someone.
1: Yeah, up till now, there's been like no real ramifications to his actions. He hasn't like he didn't actually stealing go through that guy's
0: shoes didn't matter.
1: Yeah, he didn't actually go through with fucking that one girl. Uh, right.
0: Whose plot never gets resolved, by the way, because it takes so many detours in the plot. I don't know whatever happened to that neighbor lady.
1: Yeah, I think that's one <laughs> reason that the critics really didn't care for this movie, is it just sort of, like, s- starts and stops. Like, it- it's, like, really big Yeah, it's a lot of vignettes. So, yeah, he has compassion for the man that they're beating up, so he's like, you just let him go, you're gonna leave, right? And that'll come back later to bite him in the ass. Like, a lot of this movie is, like, of set course. up and payoff late- at the end of the film. So he goes back to Method Man's house uh, to like- No, wait,
0: before that he meets, in his adventure, he meets Mrs. Greenwalt, who is the woman that's in charge of the mob, apparently. And she's the one who wants Solomon out of the house. Oh, that's of right. The building, and she gives Method Man money for this job. But it's actually Adam Sandler.
1: Yeah, he goes to meet Ellen Barkin in her like sweet mafia, like mansion, her like uh, shitty daughters there and like gives Adam Sandler the finger. <laughs> and uh, Ellen Barkin's, like, making a duck uh, ragu, so she's all fancy. Oh, yeah, and duck
0: ragu. She's,
1: I think she's supposed to be, like, almost like a Martha Stewart, like, tycoon type person, just, like, really efficient yeah, and, like, with it. I can see that. Doesn't like to get her hands dirty or anything like that. She's just like, so, do we have a deal? Do you want this money? And he's like, uh, yeah, I'll take the money. <laughs> I'll take your money.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's like, the equivalent of the person doing this in 1903 New York.
1: Right, exactly. She's like the big boss at the top. She gives Adam Sandler the money, he goes back to Method Man's house, and of course, wouldn't you know it, Method Man's like gotten loose.
0: (laughs) And so they have to have a fight again.
1: Oh, I and mean, we completely forgot to mention, so throughout this whole interlude, um, he hasn't shown Method Man his real face.
0: Oh, Method Man does not know he's being held hostage by the shoe man Yeah, because he's been wearing everyone's different shoes and making him think he's being held hostage by different people.
1: Yeah, the first time they meet, he's in the form of Method Man, and then he like comes at, comes back to him as like a fat kid.
0: Method Man explains it away as he just thinks that the guy happened to look a lot like him. And yeah. yeah, there's a gang of people. And he thought that he would he didn't know that the person he was fighting was exactly like him,
1: I guess. Yeah, he tries to rationalize the, the uh like the like supernatural means. Exactly.
0: Right. And so this is when we learn that uh, Adam Sandler's high heels are actually like a transphobic thing, because uh, when Adam Sandler comes in to the captive Method Man's room as this woman, Method Man freaks out. Yep. And, and so we realized that actually Adam Sandler is a trans woman and Method Man is being transphobic and it's just like, ah, the movie has so many consent and a lot of other issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like immediately like, oh, man, lady. Oh, what the hell? What is this gang? Who are you? What's going on? Yeah. So, so he starts so that's like, a lot
0: like other Adam Sandler films, I feel
1: like. Oh, yeah, of course. So they get into like a little melee. Uh, Method Man gets the upper hand. He's like choking him but uh adam sandler kicks off the shoes for a second and like uh freaks out method man because like what the hell now you're like this uh year old Jewish man. man yeah you're the shoe man um but he still has on one of the pumps and he's kicking away at method man and he accidentally kicks him right in the jugular
0: yep so a red him. stiletto in the neck
1: yeah and we had learned earlier in the movie that this is like a reinforced steel like a super heavy duty stiletto so that's the reason he's able to kill him. So Adam Sandler the leaves, like, shocked himself, being like, I can't believe I just killed that man. And he sort of feels yeah, like... Yeah, so
0: now it finally has escalated to him killing him yeah, man. Yeah, it
1: escalated quickly, because now he's a murderer. <laughs> so yes. he goes to the police, and he completely confesses. He tells them all about, like, what happened. He's like, I oh, accidentally uh, stabbed this man with a shoe. So he takes them back to the apartment, ex- fully expecting it to be, like, covered in blood with the Method Man bleeding out. Instead, it's, like, spotless. Someone's, like, gone over the whole thing and, like, taken the shoes and taken the money and all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I
0: just assumed the mob covered up Method Man.
1: Yeah, I think we're meant killed. to think that. We're meant to, like, be confused as well. Uh, but then later he gets the shoe bag back, I think.
0: Yeah, so when he goes back to hit When uh, Max goes back home or to the store, I guess he just has all the stuff...
1: Yeah, he talks to Steve Buscemi again. Uh, he finds his stuff waiting for him there, like the bag of shoes and the money.
0: Yeah, Steve Buscemi, who is Jimmy the barber, thinks mm-hmm. that Max is acting like his father. He's got who got involved with bad people, and then his father had to make them think he was dead so they would leave. So that's a big reveal.
1: Yeah. Oh, also when he's in Method Man's house, uh, he discovers this whole cache of uh, watches which are worth a lot of money, and that's going to come back later as well.
0: Oh yeah, he took Method Man's watches and he has the $50,000 and all his shoes.
1: Oh, and then the money, of course, is to buy out uh, the apartments of this man called Solomon who owns this whole like building tenement that the mafia wants to control. That,
0: yeah, Greenwald wants the property.
1: Let's see, and then I wrote down, has to please hot lady, and I have no idea what that's referring to.
0: He's as Method Man, but he's dead Method Man now. Yeah. And he's got his scarf wrapped around his neck wound, and he tries to return the money, but of course the goons try to kill him. So he uses the dead guy's shoes to scare the
1: goons. Right, that's it. He like gets back in with this petition lady, Carmen, and like sort of uh, agrees to help her help out this man solomon uh who doesn't want to leave he's like been living there his whole life it's like the only property he has left so basically adam sandler's trying to feel like bad for this guy like maybe i should help him out maybe i shouldn't just like be fucking around maybe i should be actually using be using this helpful. for evil yeah yeah so um he comes back out as leon ludlow method man's character and the mafia snaps him up because of course uh They don't know he's dead so he's like trapped in the back of their car he's like all bound up but for some reason his bag of shoes is like conveniently there i guess because they just think it's a bag of horrible shoes
0: yeah, I guess when they when he when he tried to give back the money, they just captured him. They knocked him out and threw him in the back of the car with the bag of shoes for some reason.
1: Well, again, they don't know it's like magic shoes. They just think it's like yeah. a bag of smelly shoes. So he like manages to find like uh, and strategically puts on the shoes of the dead man and becomes like a zombie form in the back of the seat. And he's yeah. like, he's like, Raw, I'm gonna eat your brains. And the mafia, like, yes. freaks out and, like, smashes the car into the, into, like, a lamp post.
0: Yeah, and we decided that maybe when you, it's when you cobble the shoes, um... It, like, freezes that
1: person in time. Right. We weren't exactly clear on how... Uh, oh, wait, no,
0: because Method Man is dead now.
1: That doesn't work that way. No, 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 it works. Uh, we decided that, like, when you cobble the shoes, it sort of traps the person's essence in whatever form they're in. So that's why, like, even if Dustin Hoffman had been dead, he still would have been able to turn into him. Or, like, even though... Unless
0: he recobbled the shoes.
1: Right. If you t- use the machine again, it probably, like, messes it up or, like, resets it, but... Since Method-
0: but, that's, but no, that's not true with Method Man, because he cobbled the shoes before Method Man died.
1: Oh, wait. And also, I just remembered that they show Method Man, like, sort of deteriorating. Like, you can see his looks more yes. pale. So that doesn't work out.
0: That doesn't hold. So we're not totally sure the how this works.
1: And that and that doesn't make sense for later, but we'll talk about it when we get there.
0: So basically, he gets out of the car as the dead man.
1: Yeah, and everyone on the street's freaking out. They're like, zombie! And I'm sort of joking, like, if only a cop could had been there, he would have, like, shot him in the head, and that would have been the end of the movie. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> so he goes back to Steve Buscemi, who keeps saying, eating pickles makes everything better. That's, like, his, uh... Oh, there's a pickle
0: line. theme. Yeah, which can also be kind of a New York
1: theme as well. Yeah, and we're all like, why is Steve Buscemi so obsessed with pickles? Why is Jimmy so into pickles?
0: But yeah, so basically, but right before the end of the film, it becomes Ocean's Eleven, like, heist, like film. Yeah. Where he agrees to help save Mr. Solomon with the petition lady.
1: Yeah, there's a whole, like, 15 minute stretch. It's exactly like a one man Ocean's Eleven where, uh, where Adam Sandler's, like, pulling all the strings, tricking everybody, like, taking their faces, taking their their shoes and like making everything like go his way
0: (laughs) yeah like he becomes one goon to trick the other like he somehow steals their shoes to cobble them and like
1: no 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 he so he has the old man solomon invite them to the apartment but solomon's like oh you can't wear your shoes in here so adam sandler steals (laughs) their shoes and then when they're going to leave The old man's like, oh, sorry, it's a bad building.
0: Right, so Adam Stanler now has the identities of both of the sidekick
1: goon guys. Yeah, so he's both working the angle of the uh, mafioso goons and Ellen Barkin. He's like tricked her through phone calls into thinking that oh, Solomon's yes. agreeing to vacate the his apartments in the building. And
0: then he cobbles Solomon's shoes and uses Solomon and be, pretends to be Solomon and meets with Greenwalt to be like, oh yeah, uh, you can have my place.
1: And actually it is nice in the stretch that they're showing that um, Adam Sandler has sort of been like learning how to hone his powers. Like now he's using it very strategically. He hides in the room, like pretends to be tied up as one of the mafia goons. So the other mafia go- goon goes in there, t- uses the taser on yeah. him, and then steals his yeah. shoes And then goes as that guy to pick up Ellen Barkin
0: Oh no, it's the other guy The original goon Is uh, with Solomon to take him To the train station where they're actually Going to probably kill him or whatever But then they call in a crime to the police So the police know to be looking for that guy And detain him And right. the real Solomon just gets away So, he's strategically so it's a lot of montaging out. Of these strategic uh, <laughs> Things Shoe cobbling
1: yeah, <laughs> strategic shoe cobbling. So what all ends up is um, Ellen Barkin, the mob lady, calls the apartment building again, and Solomon's like, oh, hey, I'm still living here. And then he go- she goes there, and Carmen's like, oh, yeah, he's right upstairs. So she goes upstairs, uh, encounters Adam Sandler as Solomon, and sort of tells him, like, oh, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna, like, do all these things, I'm gonna, like, tear down this building for my nefarious plan, and then the door slides open, and Danny Donald was there. It's the Dan- reporter,
0: Danny Donald. On the so
1: scene, reporter Danny Donald.
0: It all paid off that they referenced Intrepid the guy reporter. with two
1: first names. Danny Donald yeah. is there. He's going <laughs> to fuck everyone up and take names. Because the whole New York community
0: rallied, against, rallied yeah,
1: to, it's like the in old favor for the
0: Solomon guy.
1: The old town's like, fuck you, mafia. We're going to fuck your shit up.
0: Yeah, together we're stronger. Um, So that's basically that wrap-up. He saves the Solomon house.
1: Adam Sandler's basically taking down the mafia single-handedly somehow, and then we're all thinking like, okay, that's wrapping up the film. He walks outside again as uh, Method Man's character, and then he gets knocked out again, and (laughs) we find out it's it's Patrick. not over yet. Yeah, it's Patrick, the guy from the beginning of the film. He's back. He's gonna kill Method Man now for like having compassion on him earlier.
0: They have to tie up all these loose ends from all of his yeah. adventures.
1: <laughs> oh, and then Carmen asks him out to dinner, but it's also sort of like a lame wrap up to that story because it's not exactly like that romantic. Or like maybe something will happen, maybe nothing will happen. She just sort of dropped from the film, but he's like helped her save the building. She really was into.
0: Yeah, you never resolve the thing with the neighbor he tried to sleep with. Yeah. Um, and then, as a dead Method Man, he gives the watches to the ex-girlfriend who was abused by uh, Method Man.
1: Yeah, he returns to the girlfriend, to so turns to their shared apartment. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, i was such a jerk. Uh, even though I'm dead now, but here are all these watches, <laughs> and you should sell them, and it'll make up for all the horrible abuse you went through."
0: Yeah. And so basically, it tries to tie up loose ends, but yeah, there are even too many loose ends for it to tie up. I think.
1: Yeah. I think the plot really got away from the screenwriters, honestly. Um, so then Patrick's like taking Adam Sandler to murder him, and then <laughs> the car gets struck mysteriously. Yeah. Fade oh, to black.
0: Right, right, right. So, yeah, Patrick. Right, so we don't know who has. Uh, someone conveniently saved Adam Sandler, Um, and then he wakes up with Steve Buscemi, of course, yeah. and is like, what What's happened? What's this all about?
1: Have a pickle, son. <laughs> <laughs> And are like, what? Oh, <laughs> he is Dustin oh, Hoffman. Yeah.
0: yeah, Steve Buscemi is Dustin Hoffman. And he says that the pickles preserve you when you switch to other bodies. <laughs> they preserve your identity. <laughs> As Steve preserve Buscemi, he
1: reveals that he's known what's been going on the whole time. And that he's the one who's been helping him out, like cover up Method Man's murder, um, helped get him out of the jam with the mo- with Patrick and the mafia goons. We found out that Dustin Hoffman has secretly been impersonating uh, the Steve Buscemi guy. Who, by the way, what happened to that guy? Did he just like pay him money and be I like, know. Hey, "Forever, I'm gonna pretend to be my Jimmy son's best the friend." Who was Jimmy the barber? Yeah, who is Jimmy the barber? That should be the who sequel. Who is Jimmy
0: the barber? The
1: cobbler too, um, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah, so Steve uh, Buscemi, we realize he admits to cleaning up Ludlow's body. Yeah. So he has. So Dustin Hoffman has been involved in some stuff because he knows how to really clean yeah,
1: up. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have any qualms bodies. about murders, murdering or cleaning up yeah. after murders.
0: Yeah, and he's the one who pulled Sandler from the car crash and presumably killed the Patrick guy with the car crash. Oh too.
1: shit, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he did just totally kill. That was those too people.
0: convenient.
1: He's yeah. like, no one comes between me and my son. <laughs> This is, hu- this is more strong than murder. It's blood bonds.
0: So yeah, with hardly any explanation at all, he takes him to the basement of the barber shop
1: yeah he presses on the wall and it slides open and there's a secret compartment he's like come down with me to the basement
0: dustin Hoffman shows him his birthright or something like that his his cobbler birthright
1: yeah and he tells him that walking in another's shoes is a privilege and a responsibility which is very uncle benish with great power comes great responsibility
0: yeah that's what adam sandler learned this whole movie
1: yeah that was his life lesson to learn and he calls him specifically a guardian of souls, which is that stupid double yeah. pun again, like soul, souls, S-O-L-E-S-O-U-L.
0: Oh, yeah, the exact same pun in Mr. Magorium. So he's the guardian of souls. He's not just a cobbler. He is the
1: cobbler. He's the cobbler. He's <laughs> yes. going to cobble, cobble. <laughs> so
0: it turns out he was having all his existential angst for no reason. He is important. He
1: is here for a reason. And, he has a purpose. And he's
0: going to... Yeah, he's going to become just like Dustin Hoffman, and Dustin Hoffman's going to train him now that he has discovered the Stitcher machine. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, Dustin Hoffman takes him away in a secret car in the basement that's really nice, then it has a license plate that says, To Cobble.
1: Yeah, somehow under this like shabby barbershop, there's like this beautiful room with like a really expensive car and a driver who's just been hanging like out there. Yeah, it's like a Batman yeah. situation
0: so where it's implied that because uh, adam sandler's like ancestors uh got to cobble for the mob that somehow they got intricately linked into this whole secret society thing or something yep. i don't know a conspiracy and uh Ad- and uh, dustin hoffman says that dry cleaners are bad you got to watch <laughs> out for those guys and there's like a whole trade yeah man, like conspiracy of all tradesmen,
1: yeah, we learn of the secret war. It's almost like underworld, but in this case, instead of like vampires and lichens, it's uh, fucking cobblers and dry cleaners and other like service to the to the wealthy.
0: Yeah, and I was kind of wondering though, did Ad- I know that it's Adam Sandler just helped uh, Solomon keep his apartment, but. Um isn't this kind of becoming the thing they didn't want because now they kind of have a secret mafia?
1: Yeah, you're right. It's almost like, um, they set it up at the beginning, it's almost like that hor- hor- horrible like Jewish cabal thing people are always saying in like, conspiracy circles, like there's a Jewish cabal that rules everything. That's sort of what the movie is saying.
0: Um, I think maybe they're, yeah, kind of uh, going with that
1: tongue in cheekily or whatever. Yeah, Adam Sandler I'm sure was like behind part of that. But I, I was also going to say that this does tie in very well with the whole idea of the fairy tale because much in like a lot of classic fairy tales at the end the hero finds out something about his like uh family. He finds out that his dad isn't dead and he also finds out that he has this secret legacy, like a secret purpose and he gains great wealth because obviously the cobblers like have a lot of wealth.
0: Yeah, as we see at the very end. Yeah. Oh, and we were confused about the, the mechanism of the shoes because um, they have the room full of shoes that is his birthright oh, in right. the basement as well. And one of those is like Derek Jeter, who is still alive. But basically, uh, Dustin Hoffman says that it's been accumulated over many years. So like we were confused, wouldn't half of those shoes maybe be just dead people now, or like rotting bones?
1: Yeah. Of, like hundreds of years, a hundred years old or something. Yeah, we speculated like, okay, um, the shoes must pre- you of when you like cobbled them but clearly that wasn't the case because of method man like he was visibly like getting grayer and like deteriorating so clearly if you put on like a founding father's shoes you would become like yeah horrible like bone matter dust (laughs) <laughs> which would be right. really funny. and so I
0: was confused about how some of those would have been useful but also it's interesting that implies that like maybe people like uh, celebrities like Derek Jeter give them a copy give them their shoes so that they can use them for Ocean's Eleven type heists and the like, use them for purposes to help save people.
1: Right, this is really very much, like, the conspiracy theory, like, oh, all these people are, like, in collusion to, like, uh, take down different mafia, different, like, power dynamics, maybe, like, influence world government. And we were joking that they were going to make the Kalber 2 take out the dry cleaners.
0: Exactly, that would be The Cobbler, too, because they just end on that, like, yeah. really abruptly.
1: Yeah, they have all these unanswered questions, they have, like, the tease of a <laughs> sequel, like, as if anyone want, would want to see a sequel to this movie. But yeah, we we were just saying uh, earlier, that this was the one Adam Sandler movie we'll ever, like, cover in this podcast, because, like, <laughs> yeah. we weren't sure we wanted to, like, choose any Gosh. of the other ones. Might be a little too... Shitty.
0: (laughs) And yet, this one got 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Which is far worse than a lot of other films. It's way worse than even Mr. Megorium, which got like
1: 30 something percent. And again, looking at this guy's filmography, like most of the films he's made have gotten like really like rave reviews. They've gotten like independent awards, BAFTAs, uh, I'm sure Writers Guild awards, directing nominations, and like most recently he wrote and directed Spotlight, which like swept the Oscars. But we were also saying that um, when we looked at the reviews for this movie, it was, like, surprisingly really low... Like, even though we did have a lot of issues with this film, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, worse than maybe a 5 or a 6 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was worse than Mr. McGoriam.
1: But then when you look on Rotten Tomatoes, Mr. McGoriam has, like, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, and this has, like, an abysmal 9%, which would be, like, uh, relegated for, like, The Room or something, like, really dire, like, really horrible (laughs) movie.
0: Yeah like you speculated it was probably the difference in expectation versus reality so if you have high expectations for a director then people hate it really Exactly uh, badly If you don't do it perfectly.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like with the Star Wars prequels where like, even though they are pretty bad, like I think people consider those to be a lot worse than maybe they are just because George Lucas's like original movies are so good. In this case, like all this guy's movies like are like really brilliantly thought out um, independent films. Like he also wrote up like this really successful uh, Pixar movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I also thought, like, the timing of this film, uh, since it came out in 2014, this was after a string of, like, particularly, like, really bad Adam Sandler movies, like, before his whole Netflix Renaissance or whatever. This was right after Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2 came out, Jack and Jill, (laughs) like, all the really shitty ones that people hate. So I think this is also the case of, like, Adam Sandler fatigue, which was kind of a shame, because clearly in this one he is trying a little bit more. Like, he is trying to be a dramatic actor.
0: Yeah, I think you had also, um, We had also talked about that Adam Sandler usually is in these comedy films and people kind of like that, like they want to see him in
1: Waterboy or whatever.
0: Right. And so this is not like that at all, so maybe his regular fans went to see this and were just severely disappointed.
1: Yeah, so it's like a double like uh, curse of expectation because it wasn't as like up to the pedigree of this director. And then it also wasn't quite as like shitty and like lowbrow as like most Adam Sandler movies. So like it kind of was servicing neither master. Like they probably should have just cast someone else, honestly, in the role. Like there's a bunch of other actors yeah. who I could have seen doing like way better in this. But, like um, they could have cast someone like a Michael Stolberg um, from A Serious Man, who I think would have been really good and like also has sort of the Jewish like lineage. I think he would have been good in this role. He's really funny, and dramatic.
0: Yeah. So ultimately because the fans didn't like it I guess it only made 1.2 million at the box office but its budget was 10 million so it's a box office flop and the critics didn't like it
1: it's basically like something that w- who was the audience for this movie? Like I don't think anyone really wanted to see it like it's maybe like a family centered <laughs> comedy but not really.
0: Yeah, I would say that I can pick out 3 things I do like about this movie. I I do like Method Man. The Method
1: Man's really kind of actually added. really good.
0: Method Man playing a very angry character, and then immediately switching into an Adam Sandler, like, sad sack character, (laughs) and then, He does uh, a really good Adam Sandler. Yes, and then the soundtrack I liked. And then also I liked the theme, I- I appreciate the theme of the, um, sort of the tenants' rights movement, or something like that, like, discussing that these problems have existed in New York this whole time, yeah. Um, and standing up for, yeah, sort of the underdog. We hated then that the message of walking in another person's shoes was completely lost. Yeah, we hated all the Adam transphobia.
1: Sandler.
0: Oh, yeah, the trans, the transphobia and
1: consent issues. Homophobia, because they keep joking about like, oh, the boyfriend's going for his the men's night out. The
0: potentially gay boyfriend. He's gonna be- have yeah, some
1: gay be- orgies. Yeah. There's also sort of a lack of strong characters, like even though they have Dustin Hoffman and Steve Buscemi and they're like, both pretty good in their limited roles. Um they don't really do that much, like, they're just sort of there to do Oh yeah, Steve Buscemi's
0: just cheesy, he's just there to be like, okay, Max, stop doing that. I
1: thought he was pretty good, but yeah, he's just playing, like, the friend role. I mean, kind of his spankless. role wasn't very juicy. Yeah, exactly it could have been like beeped uh,
0: up it didn't really follow through with the walking in other people's shoes mm. and then it just ended up branching into too many different types yeah. of films that it couldn't even um tie up all the loose ends of all those people he became throughout the film
1: yeah even though it's cliche to say i really do think this uh movie could have benefited from another rewrite like sort of uh tighten it up make it like less like uh we're gonna be slapstick one minute and then we're gonna be murdering people and like beating people up bloodily the next <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of extremes of it was cinema. too much.
1: But like we were saying, we do think the critics were a little harsh towards it. And again, that might have just been like Adam Sandler, like them being like, oh, he's just trying to do the serious thing. He'd, he's done again and like funny people, which I don't <laughs> think people like that much and Punch Drunk Love like spanglish spanglish
0: yeah
1: so it's like fuck you adam sandler and i think that's what the reviews were like
0: <laughs> that's what the reviews are for that's what the nine percent says
1: oh to and here's a funny <laughs> quote from the av club review uh the cobbler the actor's latest project is an adam sandler movie disguised as a movie featuring adam sandler <laughs> uh yeah and again even though his character is pretty like sad sack uh he's like pretty like depressed he looks really like, tired in this role for some reason like he has really that got a bags under his eyes but he still like manages mm. to do his little slapstick like there's that scene where he's like trying to play with Steve Buscemi like he comes in as an Indian man and he's just like are you guys open? are you guys open? I'm not oh, Adam Sandler
0: yeah. yeah he's
1: trying to be a little too shitty. he sticky. does have to
0: have his moments he, where, he has to have, have his shtick does that. yeah
1: but yeah like we were saying like maybe there just isn't that much to this film like it is trying to be like the mask or one of these superhero films where like okay you find out your powers you learn how to use them you like apply them you learn not to be shitty that you had to have some responsibility, and then you're offered this like big. Uh, oh, it's almost like the Nick Fury scene at the end of the, uh, Iron Man, where he appears is like, oh, come and come join my Avengers, come join yes, the cobblers. Yeah, basically,
0: Dustin Hoffman is Nick Fury. Yeah.
1: Come kill some dry cleaners with me in our fancy Bugatti.
0: <laughs> yes, I yeah. So the next film would be a, a total like adventure bro, or like a um like a bro film between Dustin Hoffman and Adam Sandler, It'd be like a father something.
1: Yeah, and again, there's, like, uh, that's the problem with a plot like this, is that you do have so many different threads you could have followed. Like, why why turn it into, like, sort of this weird mafia pastiche? Why sort of waste, like, Ellen Barkin and all these other, like, character actors who could have been applied in mm-hmm. different roles? Uh, they even have, like, he, like, plays a DJ. There's a second of him be- spinning at a DJ club. It's like, okay, so they could have, like, followed that thread, like, having you <laughs> try out his musical talents. Like, you could have done oh, literally gosh. anything with this plot.
0: Yeah, I think a film a film that's the I don't think the real point of this film was to walk a mile in another man's shoes no. to truly know him. If you really did a film like that, it would be like he would follow he would become method man and then understand why
1: the of an an was so angry and, yeah.
0: or why he had to get into the mafia in the first place. Maybe
1: there's a maybe help him he out with this relationship. Way.
0: Yeah, if the point of this film were to truly know a man, it would have been very different.
1: I know from the just director's past, he made *The Station Agent*, which starred Peter Dinklage, and that was very much about like, um, like this man's life, like being like short. Oh, that was walking a mile and. In- like peter dinklage's shoes yeah that one did try to understand his characters being like oh why would this man be so acerbic so like uh cynical and bitter and then like it has other characters in the movie who are sort of oddballs like this really tall man and this like woman who doesn't Mm -hmm. fit in so like we know that this tom mccarthy guy is good for that so then why make a movie where like the butt of the joke is like oh look at this man who's a lady and all that shit Mm mm-hmm or like, oh, this man's obviously gay, and he's just like, he has this hot girlfriend, but he has to pretend. Like, why, yeah. why go to those offensive arenas? that like, we can't even really discuss it with like fear of like trying not wanting to offend people. <laughs> That's like, uh, why? Yeah, why to take into this territory? These scenes
0: is kind of offensive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, like where it really didn't need to be. Like, it could have been like sympathetic towards a trans character. Like, you could have been like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, uh, I can learn more about this person's life. Instead of oh just yeah, Adam a joke. Sandler
0: could have. Yeah, Adam Sandler could have grown to understand any number of the people that he became could have been way more sensitive.
1: Yeah, it was trying New York. This guy's from New Jersey. He could have brought like some of that more like cultural like flavor to it, like had more specific characters, like uh, I don't know, maybe have like a uh, an Italian character, or maybe have like a uh, I don't know, Muslim character, like a uh, lots of different things. Like if yeah. that was the theme, like you should actually explore it, not just like do like a really basic over overview of it.
0: Right, which is why it's really a film about, like, sort of uh, his Adam Sandler's midlife crisis (laughs) and overcoming that, but it's set to the tune of a film about walking in another man's shoes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then again, of course, there's that really creepy Oedipal scene, which I don't think there's any way to, like, sort of justify. Right.
0: And since Adam Sandler has no other real, like, love interest in this film, I'm going to assume his mom is his love interest. Yeah.
1: Well, except for Carmen, but yeah, she's, like, barely. Well, yeah,
0: she just leaves, though. (laughs)
1: Yeah. She's she's like, Okay, thanks. Well like he could have handled that really differently. Like he could have set up a Skype call, like we live in a world of Skype, like he'd been like, Oh, sorry, I've been gone all these years, but let me talk to you now. Or he could have just like called her, like he would have had Dustin Hoffman's voice. She
0: died thinking Dustin
1: Hoffman didn't care. Well no, she died thinking that he had returned to her.
0: Oh, that's true, that's true.
1: And again we said that she might have had like dementia and maybe that's why she wasn't quite with it there and maybe didn't know what was happening.
0: Yeah, but she did still think he left all that time or, like, didn't come back. And it's just, like, he had a reason to, apparently, he had a death threat against him or something.
1: Yeah, and the tone's, like, too, uh, it goes back and forth. It's, like, it's not one thing. It's, like, it's, like, trying to be really serious and, like, heavy one second. Trying to be, like, this mafia film another second. Trying to be, like, oh, how fun would it be to be anyone another second? Like, it'll be fun. And having these weird, like, issues of consent and, like trans and homophobia and
0: also yeah just ethical concerns of yeah like uh looking deciding whether or not to look at the people's like genitals or use them or stealing that guy's shoes in in order to drive his car and become him
1: i'm gonna sort of take a leap here and say i i really bet that the 40 minutes of the mafia plot is all coming from the studio who maybe like took a look at the script and was like, there's not enough here. You need like more of a plot plot. And they're like, ah, shit. Okay. we'll <laughs> we'll like force in this thing about the mafia and like have a whole oceans 11 keeper. Maybe that, maybe that'll please the audience in the studio and like make a millions of dollars. But said, no, it dilutes the themes. It dilutes like the tones they were going for makes it sort of harder to like relate to anything that's going on or like care. Um, And then, again, you can sort of think of, like, the fairy tale, like, archetypes um, and structure, where, like, okay, you do need a villain to defeat, like, who else would it be? Like, maybe they could have had, like, uh, the mafia was threatening to close the cobble store or something like that, like, have it be more direct, not so, like, forced. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe have it just be like trying to close down that um, block with
1: the barber and the cobbler and everyone. Or maybe instead of having Dustin Hoffman be an absent parent, maybe he's the Solomon-type character, like it's a family thing. Ooh, yeah. There's the ways to tighten up this plot. I really mm-hmm. feel convinced that like at the last minute the studio made them make like re- a lot of changes, a lot of additions to the plot to like make it juicier, to make put more asses in the seats, as they say. Instead, it oh, ended up gosh. being like uh, it grossed like a ten percent of its budget.
0: The big, re- the big reveal is that the angel that gave them a stitcher machine was really a demon. Oh yeah, power is evil.
1: And every time, uh, every time he's been stitching a shoe, it's been collecting the soul of that person and like transporting it straight right. to hell. He like kicks him to hell. He's not
0: the guardian of souls in the good way. He's the guardian of souls in
1: hell. <laughs> Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's like I'm the devil. <laughs> Mr. McGoran's the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense, actually. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really think the critics might have been a little too harsh to this, but it's like also hard to defend because there isn't that much there. Like, there did make a lot of like missteps that really uh, like angered us in a way. Ex- yeah, we're just defending. We're defending the nine percent, but we're not saying it should have been like well reviewed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really want to know who uh, came up with the plot for this. I would say overall that it wasn't like a great film, but it wasn't really like all that like impressive. There wasn't really that much to it. It needed more of like um, needed something more like firm to like hang it on.
0: Yeah, overall, I'd say the main lesson of this film is to keep eating pickles.
1: Yeah, just keep on (laughs) eating pickles, as Steve Buscemi says. That's how you'll preserve your soul, and to kill those like evil duplicitous dry cleaners. Exactly. So keep listening, y'all. We're going to watch Spider-Man 3 next, and we'll have our podcasts covering that coming up soon.
0: Listen to our next Cinemazing chat.
1: So signing off, I'm Pablo.
0: And I'm Erica.